LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Ask Me Anything. I am your host, Matt Love. I'm here with Pastor J.D. Greer. And uh, JD, we have a, a, a question that I think goes in the category. I feel like we have these like a few like running like unofficial series. And I put this one in the series of questions that sound like they might just be my personal questions to you. Okay. Like, so, uh, I, you know, this, this is a good one though. I think this is probably one you get asked a lot. So JD, what do I do or what do one of our listeners do if they just feel like they're not getting a lot out of their quiet time? Like they're trying to meet with God and they just feel like not a lot's happening. So let's be clear, Matt, we went from. What about the death penalty? Yeah. To what if I'm not getting a lot out of my? It's like a it's like a palate cleanser. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if uh, this may surprise you, well, probably not you, Matt, but may surprise you, the listener, that sometimes this is a real struggle for me. Mm. Um, I mean, I feel like people feel like when you're, you know, I get up in the morning and there's angels that kind of you know carry me down the steps to (laughs) sit in my quiet time, and the Lord has made a hot cup of coffee, and it's just not how that. Uh, that works. I mean, I've been a pastor for two decades. I have a PhD in theology, and there's sometimes I sit down at the Bible and feel like the heavens are made of brass, and I can't even really understand you know, hardly what I'm reading. Um, a lot of times I'll start to pray, and I'll start, like, all of a sudden I'll think about something that happened yesterday, and 20 minutes later I'm like, why am I thinking about the spaghetti sauce that we had last night and why I don't like that anymore. And I've got to tell Veronica to <laughs> cut that. So how did I get here? Um, 20 minutes later. Um, so, and by the way, can we just acknowledge what a dumb name, quiet time. <laughs> I mean, we, what? Is there, does it, do we have an answer? When did it become quiet time? Who named that? Reason. Yeah. Like I, I sit down, like I, I, I get like in the corner sniffing cinnamon, you know, it, well, kinda... it, all, it sounds like, uh, it's like, that's what parents tell their five-year-olds. Hey, <laughs> it's quiet time. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so a couple of things I'll say here. One, it's really important to maintain the discipline. You know, I, I think it was, ironically enough, um, Nietzsche, Friedrich Nietzsche, who coined the phrase long obedience in the same direction. But it's a great, a great phrase. And Eugene Peterson uses it to really say some of the greatest things in your life happen not through these dramatic moments, but just a long obedience in the same direction. And it's definitely been like that for me in my time with, with God, um, daily installments, some of which are amazing, some of which are not. Um, but I look back and realize that my life has, has changed around the, this habit that I've built into my life. For me, it's about twice a day that I stop, I take intake of the word, and then I just kind of lay out my burdens before, before God. And then that has a long, um, a long obedience in my life that has produced um, disciplines that have been greatly rewarding. Um, Kierkegaard, Soren Kierkegaard, the philosopher, he, he used to say that life is lived forward, but it's only understood in reverse. And and I, I promise, whoever you are, when you get you know twenty years from now, you look back, you'll see if this is a discipline that you have that you you do daily, that you'll see that your life is is fundamentally different. You can't put that much of the word of God into you and not have it not have it change you. Yeah, I think that's something I've definitely experienced is is even on those like mornings where I feel like I meet with God, I read my Bible, and maybe it doesn't feel like it was the most, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing in the world. I still end up finding that l- later that day, later that week, those verses that I looked at there, it ends up making more of an impact than I feel like it's making even in the moment because of just setting up my day to kind of put myself before God. And so yeah. even if the feeling on the moment isn't there, 
there's even sometimes just these things that you see God doing with that throughout the day that you weren't expecting. That's right. Or even if you don't remember anything, because I, I think that's great, but just the recentering where, why do I exist? I mean, one of the things that I've, I've done is prayed through the Lord's Prayer for years, riff on the Lord's Prayer. I don't just quote it and, you know, sing the song or anything, but it's, you know, thinking like, this is what it means to have a gospel-shaped heart, the Lord's Prayer. And so I, I go through that and it reminds me that, um, that I exist for God and not him for me. And it reminds me that my, my greatest job is to give him glory and to that. I have sins that need to be forgiven. And that should be the basis of how I forgive others. Um, for a while, I used to pray through something I wrote called the gospel prayer, uh, which were four kind of phrases that's that, that, that encapsulated what the gospel meant to me or what it, the impact it was supposed to have on me. And then threw me to others. The first phrase was in Christ, there's nothing I could do that would make you love me anymore. Nothing I have done that would make you love me any less. And that would counteract sort of my tendency to feel like I needed to prove myself to God that day and works righteousness. The second one was um, in Christ, uh, I have all I need for everlasting joy that I didn't need to accomplish any other task or, you know, pursue any other idols. I had what I needed in Christ. The third one was, um, as you have been to me, so I will be to others. It helped reshape my mind, you know, around gospel shaped generosity that every second of every day should be lived you know, through the lens of, of the generosity of Christ. And then the fourth one is, um, as I pray, I'll measure your willingness to save by the cross and your power to save by the resurrection. And that would shape my, you know, my prayer time and even what I expected from God throughout the day. Um, that was a big part. I don't do that as much anymore. And I'm a big fan of kind of going through like seasons where you really drill down on stuff. I wrote a thing called a, um, a book called Gospel, and uh, there's a companion to it called a 90 day gospel devotional that actually helps you deepen yourself in those things. And, you know, so something like that might be helpful. But the point is, it's, it's a time where you are, are recentering your thoughts and your heart and making sure the trajectory that your life is going in um, is, is going in the right way. That's good. That's good. I think that's, and I think like what you were saying is, you know, like or the way you were talking about just the fact that it is that consistency is just going to, you're going to see it in the long run, how much of an impact it's making. Well, I was say, can I add something to my dad um, who taught me, one of my earliest childhood memories is getting up. My dad was never in ministry, but one of the godliest men, maybe the godliest man I ever knew um, personally. Uh, yeah, he's still alive, so I still don't. But um, <laughs> he's just—he's easy he's bumped down the list. Yeah, right. I'm not sure how to interpret that last statement, but you know, I remember I would get up as a young boy, and at five in the morning, you know, my dad would be in the living room by himself, either on his knees or with a Bible open, and I never really doubted God's existence, mainly because I saw the reality of His presence in my dad's life, and that had a big, a big impact. I asked my dad one time, I was like, "How do you, you know?" Like, I was like, cause I just assumed he'd always been like that. You know, he got saved and just immediately he said, no, no, no. He said for about three years, I really struggled. He says, even when you were first born, I struggled to have a quiet time. And he says, I just determined one day I was going, I was going to get up. And it was, you know, so I had to, I had to leave, you know, normally I get up at five 30 and I was just going to get up at five 15. And he said, I woke up and it was four 50. And I was like, Lord, I need to wake up at five 15. And, and he said, it was one of those moments where God Kind of, you know, spoke to me in a voice that felt like it was almost audible. And he said, I know, but I just, I couldn't wait to spend time with you. So I, I got you up early so that we could do that. And my dad said, you know, he said, what that's, that doesn't happen every day. He said, but it reminded me that in this time with God was not just a time for me to read some verses and rattle off some prayer requests, but it was a time where God wanted to meet with me. And there was a relationship and he was inviting me to share my burdens with him and for him to share his love with me. And that helps me knowing I'm not just trying to read the Bible and pray, but I'm actually communing with the one who gives me strength and will walk with me throughout the day. That's good. 
you mentioned a couple earlier, but I mean, for people that are trying to really build that consistent uh, time with God in, what are some resources? You mentioned the Gospel 90-Day Devotional. That's good. What are some other resources that either you use or you would just say could be helpful? Yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've loosely over the years followed the 15-15-15 rule, which is 15 minutes in the Bible, 15 minutes um, in you know, kind of a focused time of prayer, and then 15 minutes doing some type of non-Bible devotional. It could be a good Christian book or it could be a, an actual devotional. I, I loosely follow that. Uh, for the Bible time, I love the one-year Bible. It kind of breaks it up for you. Uh, some, the Summit Church has an app, and on the app is a good Bible reading plan, and I, I use that. Uh, sometimes version, of course, has its own stuff. Um, the Joshua Project has a, uh, a daily um, unreached people group prayer. It's one of my favorite times of day is, is just re- you just it gives you a few facts and a few prayer points to pray for an unreached people group. So those are some things I use, but I, I think that the, the point is I, I try to kind of differentiate it almost like if I, my wife and I were going on date night, and we did the exact same thing every time. <laughs> um, you know, we, we figure out what it is that is awakening your soul to the mercies of, of Christ. Um, I think it was Andrew Murray. He used to say my first and greatest responsibility every day is to get my soul, um, insanely happy in Jesus. Hmm. And only then can I be any good to anybody else. I'm just going to, I'm quickly going to just slip in because I'm always happy to recommend new morning mercies. Paul David. Oh, absolutely. Especially from on, you were talking about that devotional standpoint. Um, so gospel just saturated and and really unbelievable. And I think a good companion to, to your Bible reading time. Um, I probably bought that book for, or just recommend it to so many people. And while I'm on the topic of recommending books, JD, you just wrote a book uh, <laughs> called "What Are You Going to Do with Your Life?" Give us like the 15, 20 second. You know, what, um, what's the book about? Thank you for asking about that. What are you going to do with your life? Is I hope it really is the life message that I can leave. I'm not planning to die anytime soon, but I hope it is sort of a because it's it's the thing that I feel like God has spent. 30 years now teaching me, and that is only one life to live will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. That all of us have a life, and most of us live as if the 70 or 80 years here we live on earth is all there is, and as a result, we're wasting our lives. My life was really impacted by a sermon I heard John Piper preach 20 years ago where he just talked about wasting your life. And so wanting to challenge college students, young professionals, retirees, people just thinking about their life and saying, are you living in your life in a way when you get to where you get to the end of it, you're going to say that was totally worth it. Or you're going to look back from the perspective of eternity and say it was wasted. God has a plan to use your life to impact eternity, whether you feel called to ministry or not. He wants to use that. And I'm hoping that this will help you discover what that is and how to leverage your life for uh, for the mission of God. Well, it's a really good book. I've read it. I know a few uh, people that have read it as well, and it's been really helpful. And uh, I think right now, if you go to Lifeway's website, I think you can get it for $5. So you should definitely check that out. Just email Matt and and he'll take care of you. (laughs) Well, if you want any more content from Pastor JD, just from what he said, you can go follow him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and also at jdgreer.com. And then if you do not already listen to the Rod Edmondson Leadership Podcast, it's because it just joined the Lifeway Leadership Network podcast. It might not have actually existed before us, but it's a great podcast. It shares practical, actionable tips from real life stories in leadership and ministry. So go find the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. And we'll see you next time on Ask Me Anything.